Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Eric Sleepak Cherney, co-founder of Beers and Board Game Chicago. Eric and I go way back and, in fact, grew up mere blocks away from each other, and we both share a fondness for beers and board games. But while I just generally enjoy them from the comfort of my home, Eric went out and did something a lot more exciting, starting a community that continues growing. We talk about turning ideas into action, the benefits of being inclusive, and some of the best board game and beer pairings out there. Let's dive on in. Eric, since the last time we chatted, uh, things, have, things have taken a turn uh, just a little bit, and board games uh, in person, probably not the best way to practice social distancing, but I am very intrigued by uh, what you're doing as an alternative. So let's hop yeah. on in. How, how is board games and beer thriving virtually in this new environment? Yeah, so uh, wildly enough, you know, right after your call was... Uh, I think that Thursday we had our last in-person beer and board games before uh, things have just, uh, at least here in in the States, uh, really accelerated. Um, And, you know, we have this following and understanding that, you know, this time can be a little isolating for some people. Um, We wanted to keep on doing what we've been doing and try at least to do that in a different way that was tenable. Um, and I figured, um, you know, this is probably even more accessible uh, to your audience who might not all be based in Chicago, uh, although I know you do heavy geotargeting here. So um, even the people who are outside of uh, Chicago now can get in on the action. So um, I just wanted to uh, drop whatever small wisdoms, of uh, pearls of wisdom uh, that I've gained over the last couple of weeks uh, in terms of things that you can be doing to break up sort of the monotony of uh, whatever uh, else is going on. I love it. I love it. I've been trying to do the same, but I'm always open to more ideas. I know last weekend, my uh, sister and parents and I all got on a call and tried to do the New York Times crossword together. I say tried it. We did. We finished that. Wow. Uh, which, yeah, with surprisingly little cheating, which I think is certainly a record for me uh, and probably I would say that, for most people. That's incredible, especially because you're doing it online. The incentive to cheat is just like right there, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It was very tempting for me, at least. I can't speak for the rest of my family, but there were a couple times where I'd pick up my phone. I'm like, it's just so easy to just type in, <laughs> type in this. But um, <laughs> This is why Joey's banned from all trivia in yes. <laughs> city limits. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, um, I think... Um, so I think part of this uh, is like uh, the ingenuity that people are having and just kind of like hacking stuff together. Um, you know, of course, now we're all on Zoom. Um, they seem to be the only uh, entity that is uh, doing well in <laughs> the midst of this crisis. Um, and so it actually has a lot of good tools for making this, uh, making games happen. Um, uh if you have the uh, paid version, uh, you can use the breakout room functions um, as uh, for team conversations. So uh, there's a lot of good team games that lend themselves to that. Um, the uh, uh, the game Just One, if you've ever if you've ever played that one, it's a great party game that I highly recommend and is very easy to play over online. Basically, the premise of the game is you are given a uh, word. 
and uh, every t every round you are playing collectively as a group. There is one guesser, and everyone else are going to be clue givers for that for that guesser. Um, so what the guesser does is they have a word that they're not allowed to see, uh, but everyone else can. And then everyone else in turn is going to write down a one-word clue for the guesser uh, in order to help them get to guess that word. So before uh, the guesser is allowed to see the clues, everyone else is going to compare theirs. Anyone who wrote duplicate clues, theirs cancel out, and they have to erase it so that the person can't see it. So if you're playing with, like, you know, eight people uh, and they're uh, so there's supposed to be seven clue givers, you know, two of those words might cancel out and then you're left with, uh, you know, four or five words. I'm not going to do the math. I don't need to prove that I can do the math. Um, but uh, it's, it's a ton of fun. I, you know, it, it plays really well with every group. It's like super accessible um, and uh, there's not a lot of downtime, which is awesome. You know, I think that that can kill a lot of games for people is just having to wait in between stuff. Uh, so what you what you can do is uh, you know this is a game that exists in uh, in physical form, but it's really easy to emulate this online. Uh, you can get the words by using a random word generator. In fact, if you go to randomwordgenerator.com, uh, disclaimer: they are not paying me for that. I don't know that uh, they generate any revenue. Uh, just just <laughs> <yeah>. words. <laughs> They're pure, man. They're just pure. Um, so you can do that over Zoom. Uh, basically, you'll put you can put the uh, the guesser in a breakout room, uh, kind of quarantine them within the quarantine. Um, then you all write down and share your clues, uh, figure out which ones stick around, and then uh, when you're ready, let the person back in, and now they can guess the word. Has or have you ever run across a situation where everyone has? duplicated words like if you have eight people you have four sets of duplicate words and then there is no clue <laughs> i don't think i've ever had that happen i've had the situation where we played with like seven or eight people and there was one word left standing which is almost like more hilarious uh because if there's like no clue like you know you're just kind of screwed but if there's like one clue like you're just taking a wild stab at the dark and then seeing like how off base they were. And then usually what we'll do after that is like, we'll show them like, oh, if you had this word, would that have helped? Um, and it's really funny. Like you'll like a great thing that happens in this game is there's sort of like uh, a meta evolves of like, who's the person who's going to really write obvious clues or who's going to go like esoteric in this like really weird direction. Um, so yeah, that is just one, that is like one of my favorite party games to play in person. Um, and it's one that I think doesn't lose a lot online. Uh, it doesn't need a lot of uh, additional components or anything. So I think that's that one's that's like a great uh, kind of like homebrew adaptation. Love it, love it. Yeah. Um, another one that uh, another like very popular party game that I think is being adapted uh, with the tools that we're using in this current situation. So a lot of people are using Slack for work, and probably more now that we're all working remotely. Um, Slack has uh, an app version built in of the popular uh, party game code names. Uh, a lot of people have played this one before. It's uh, two teams. Uh, again, it's it's word based, uh, where each team has a, uh, a 
clue giver, and then everyone else is trying to guess the words. Uh, so there's actually an app that someone built for Slack that allows you to play that. So um, uh, that one is another one I highly recommend. You know, if it's a game that you've really enjoyed uh, playing in person, there's a way to do it online, keep these traditions going, even in the midst of a rapidly changing, devolving world. I like that. I didn't know there was a, a little uh, application on Slack for that. And I look forward to continuing to uh, have people guess the assassin on my first clue. Always, <laughs> always happens. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's part of life. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's always sad to see, but <laughs> happens, <laughs> happens regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Another thing that has been uh, really good for making the transition over, uh, you know, I, I'll mark this one with an asterisk because uh, it's not quite a tabletop game, but it's not quite a video game either. And that's the the Jackbox party packs. Um, yeah. yeah, with like Quiplash, Drawful. Uh, they, ha they have a ton of games uh, that come on these. Uh, so... Uh, that one's great because, like, what you can basically do is set up your Zoom. Only one person needs to have the game itself, uh, and they can just share their screen. Uh, and then uh, everyone else can uh, just uh, enter the game using uh, the URL that's given for them. Um, so that's another great way to get a lot of people involved. Uh, Y'all can even maybe split the cost uh, among the games, and then, you know, you got hours of fun built in um, right there. Yes, I would wholeheartedly uh, second Jackbox. And can confirm it also works on Skype if, you, uh, if people are opposed to Zoom for whatever reason. And I would imagine works on things like Google Hangouts. I think you can screen share on that. I'm not, yes. you know, I'm not as, as into the Hangouts. But yeah, I, I, I easily a uh, entertainable, entertainable, that's an award. Is it? I don't, I don't know. Easily yeah. an entertaining afternoon uh, or evening. Or all yeah. day, even, because there, there is a good variety. I think we're up to six Jackboxes now that yeah. each come with five games. So um, I think my, my personal favorite, I'm going to say is Jackbox 3, where you get mm -hmm. a Quiplash, yeah. uh, uh, Gespionage, which is, I think, I think probably the, one of the easiest ones for people that haven't done a Jackbox before, just because it's, mm, okay. it's pretty simple in terms of, one person uh, picks a percentage. So it's like the percentage of people that have ever Irish goodbye uh, <laughs> at a party or something like that. And yeah. one person picks the percentage, everyone else picks if they think the actual number is higher or lower. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, super simple. Like you don't need to really know trivia. You're kind of just guessing. Um, but then there's also the murder trivia party, which I love trivia murder party. Oh I, I love it too, but it's, I've found it is highly divisive. Some people hate it and others love it. And I don't know if there's a middle ground, but since we both love it, we're giving it our stamp of approval. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's weird. It's like if Saw met like trivia, I don't know. <laughs> I guess there is some trivia in, in Saw or like some like, cause if you think about it, um, uh, what's his face? The the guy, the puppet, and and saw. Uh, he's kind of like the world's worst trivia host. <laughs> so, yeah, that one can be super frustrating though, because I, I remember I played that last time, uh, and like I got the first question wrong, and as the penalty, you have to uh, basically like 
air quotes, cut off your finger, uh, which just means that, you know, in this multiple choice uh, trivia guessing game, you lose one of the letters permanently, uh, which just sucks because then like the right answer keeps being that letter. And you're like, I, I know this, I should be winning. I can't, <laughs> but it, it's like short and merciful enough that like, even if something frustrating that like that happens to you, it's not a huge deal. Uh, so yeah, Jackbox, uh, great. Um, and then, uh, actually, uh, right before this call, I had someone tell me about house party. Do you know about this app? Uh, yes. My sister just invited me to it as well. I've not really gotten a chance to poke around it yet, but I, yeah. it's, it sounds very intriguing. Yeah. Apparently Gen Z's all over this and we're just old millennials showing up late to the party. Typical. Uh, but, uh, basically the way someone described it to me is it's zoom plus games built in. Um, so, uh, I recommend people checking that out without having checked it out yet myself, but it sounds like things that are up people's alleys. Um, and then, uh, just, the like last thing I wanted to mention in terms of like options for, for people, the game, if you want to do something uh, a little more like heavy on the strategic side, um, there are some great places online uh, where you can do that uh, for free or relatively cheap. Um, two that I want to shout out are boardgamearena.net and Yucata, like the peninsula.de. Um, and those are places, those are two websites where uh, they've made like admittedly kind of lo-fi, but still licensed uh, versions of games that you can play online. So if you're into like heavier strategic stuff, kind of the stuff that we talked about in, in the first half, some of those games, um, you can find them there. Um, there's also Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator, uh, which are both available on Steam. Uh, and both of those games are basically... Um, sandbox engines where uh you're given the physical pieces to a game and you manipulate manipulate it in the same way that you would in person uh but you have to do online so the the caveat to that is uh no one is going to be there to enforce the rules besides the people at the virtual table so um you know a little more a little more labor there but uh you know a really good way to kind of uh control that itch in terms of uh, in terms of gaming, um, and you know, while you're doing that, you can have your video conferencing app of choice open. Um, another really good feature for like communicating while you're playing games, uh, Discord, uh, which is an app people use uh, mostly for gaming servers, but it allows you to do voice chat. Uh, so you can create like uh, you know, we've done we've actually done this for beer and board games. Uh, we've created a Discord server, and we have uh, rooms that we've called tables. So when you have a game, uh, you can go into the Discord, this Discord server, sit at a digital table, and actually get to talk to one another. Um, uh, and then lastly, um, something that's been increasingly more popular and I think uh, is good for these times are just straight up digital ports of games. Um, so uh, some of the ones just to throw out there, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, Lords of Waterdeep, uh, Splendor, Roll for the Galaxy, Terraforming Mars. Uh, those are all pretty popular games uh, that have really good digital ports. Um, so if you just want to kind of play a video game, but a board game at the same time, you got those. And uh, most, if not all, those, I believe, support online play. So 
uh, again, you can get together with some friends and play the games you know and love. Fantastic. I've been inspired to go back to Ticket to Ride. I, not that I, not that I ever really like, you know, repulsed it, but I, yeah. it's just been a couple months that I've played it, but I also had recently downloaded it recently downloaded. There we go. Uh, the, uh, Railroad Tycoon 2 Platinum Edition from uh, 2004. Yeah, and, uh, building uh, trains in the 1860s made me want to play Ticket to Ride. Uh, and yeah, it's just—I don't know what it is. I've always like been into trains. Tom's the Tank Engine probably having a, a big uh, impact on that, but just the the idea of like connecting different places across the world is very entertaining. To yeah, me. it's very satisfying. The um, there is. Uh, a, there is an actual board game, uh, which is basically like Railroad Tycoon board gamified. Uh, the name is escaping me, of course, but uh, I'll, I'll follow up with you on that. Uh, so you can get all of your railroad connecting fix. Yes, more please. Because really, yeah. really all I have in person uh, outside of, of board games is the, uh, the sad uh, tree that goes, or the sad train that goes around the base of the Christmas tree. Um, that's <laughs> Put away until the winter. <laughs> uh, the yes. <laughs> Love it. Maybe I can pull it out and just see how like far across the room I can stretch it. Although Please it would immediately. Please don't do that to yourself. I know. I, it's, it wouldn't be very far. It would be like half of a dining room probably. Um, but I do remember, this is a, an extreme tangent, but uh, back in the early days of uh, the company that I currently work at, we got to test um, different Bluetooth products for their annual awards. And uh, one of them was a train that you could control like the sounds and lights um, and its start and stop motions and everything from your smartphone, uh, which I thought was very cool, even... In retrospect, it's, it's really not that much different from flipping a switch or anything. But I was just like, hey, look at me from the other room. And now I just started this train. And it was very entertaining. And we had to have it hanging off the largest table in our office because the track was too big. But oh I, so, so certainly some dangerous uh, curves. If I was actually on that train, I'd be a little fearful that I'm taking a curve at, I don't know, 12 miles an hour. And See, uh, if I had access to that, I would have gone full Bane and just been like, do you feel in control? And uh, push the button and everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's like me with Roller Coaster Tycoon. Just yeah. that shuttle loot roller coaster. I'll send it at 90 miles an hour. And Oh, God. Or uh, railroad, railroad Tycoon, just like sending people to their certain death. Oh, it's uh, very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Masochism. It's great. It's, it's really, really... Uh, alarming how how enjoyable Thetism. it can be but Thetism. they're not yeah. putting yourself on the roller coaster yeah. or although i don't think i've ever gotten to uh the level of like i'm sure you've seen some people with the sims where they'll give them like a, a one by two square room and yeah. with like no resources or anything and just see them slowly descend into madness which i've never i uh, gotten the urge to do that so Oh, a light uh, speaking you you're uh you're saying the sims remind me of an important addendum for my uh the info about house party um you are looking for the house party app one word not the house party game which is basically uh horny sims um so yeah don't download that 
Very good addendum. Very good addendum. Apologies if anyone has downloaded it already since uh, six minutes ago. (laughs) My apologies. Uh, My DMs are open for uh, all of your hate mail. (laughs) I look forward to reading it on a future episode. (laughs) Good times. We're going to get through it. And we've got lots of great online resources. So appreciate you sharing all of these. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one last thing I'm going to, I'm going to plug here. Um, So uh, one thing I am going to be doing is um, I am actually going to be offering up my services to get people set up in these games. So if any of these options sound cool to you, but you want a little help uh, or you want a little more, you know, sort of hand on guidance, um, any of these like digital games that you want someone to teach you how to play, um, I'm happy to lend my experience to that. Uh, and at the same time, going to try to do something good for the people uh, in our community who are going through some hard times right now. Um, so I'm going to uh, make make a list available. Uh, it's going to be uh, on my pin post on Twitter in just a minute here, uh, and um, uh, I'll you know you can throw it in the show notes. But basically, uh, there's a list uh, I have of people in Chicago here who um, are seeking uh, some assistance to get through to get through this COVID crisis. Um, if you show me a receipt that you donated uh, to one of these people uh, on Venmo or Cash App, one of those, um, then uh, I will lend my services to uh, teaching you a game online. So um, I'll put my information uh, in the notes where it's available, uh, or you can find me on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, Twitter, it's at Eric Sleepack. Instagram, eSleepack. Uh, just hit me up, send me a message, um, and uh, let's get to gaming. Boom. Get to gaming. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see a lot of the different resources coming out uh, for helping people that have been obviously very heavily impacted by uh, all of the various businesses shutting down or, or having to have at least severely reduced hours. Uh, and for my Austin people, there's plenty of great resources as well. I'll, I'll give a couple plugs. Uh, ATXFYI.com has a really good uh, sort of roundup of just different um, ways you can support the service industry through, uh, again, like through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, uh, writing a check and, and sending a pigeon because I think pigeons are fine to continue traveling. Um, and then the Austinot.com has lots of terrific resources, uh, both from a donating perspective and just things that are doing like virtual tool tours. I know in Chicago, the Art Institute has a really good uh, virtual kind of museum experience uh, that you can check out. And um, it's, it's nice ways to kind of uh, try and present some sense of normalcy throughout all of this. So go check them all out. Yeah, we gotta we gotta be there for each other in these tough times. Uh, together, we'll get through it. Uh, just together means six feet apart. So, please do that. Yes, yes, love it. All right, well, Eric, thank you for all of these extra additions, and uh, for everyone else listening, let's let's get back to the episode that we had planned for this. So, uh, once this is all set, how people can get back to their beer and board games. Boom. Talk about how, how Beer and Board Games Shy town came together. What was the inspiration yeah. for it? It started back in 2017. Uh, me and a couple of friends, uh, shout out to Greg and Brent, uh, we um, 
kind of just got in this rhythm of going to check out different breweries across Chicago. Uh, Chicago is definitely uh, a very friendly city to the brewery scene. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, got to be the same way in Austin, but it does seem like they're like kind of popping up at like Starbucks level rates uh, these days. Um, I actually did my research and double checked uh, this morning. Uh, there are 76 breweries incorporated in Chicago. Um, so that gives you, uh, that gives you kind of an idea of sort of the, the bountiful cornucopia of uh, beers that we have <laughs> available to us here in the city. Um, and a lot of them happen to have like just awesome hanging out spaces. Um, so we enjoyed doing that. We enjoyed playing uh, board games, usually like, you know, longer strategic ones that like could easily take up a few afternoon and, and a couple beers. Um, so we started uh, going out to different breweries, playing, you know, bringing our games, playing them there. Um, and, uh, it was a ton of fun and we're like, you know what, someone else probably would enjoy doing this. So, uh, you know, we set up a first, a Facebook group and then, uh, pivoted over to a meetup. Um, there was definitely like, you know, a little bit of like some learning curve and, and transition as we did it. Um, so we kind of went from doing it at all kinds of different breweries to, uh, finding a uh, lovely spot uh, in the Logan Square neighborhood, Navigator Tap Room. Shout out to them. Uh, they have become our regular home base, uh, which you know we discovered it was much easier to have like a consistent time and place to get people. Um, but we still do a like once a month meeting uh, at a different brewery somewhere across the city. We call that our roadshow event, um, and you know we are like getting out 30 to 40 people at a time. Um, it's a good mix of like regulars and newbies coming in. Um, and, you know, it's an emphasis on sort of like socializing, hanging out, building community all while we're playing board games and knocking back tasty, tasty beers. Lovely. Do you remember the game you were playing when you were like, wait, this could be something bigger than just three of us hanging out and drinking beers? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I remember the first game we played at like one of these events uh, was Dead of Winter. Um, it's a uh, it's a cooperative uh, survivalist game where you and a bunch of friends are uh, hoarding off uh, gaggles of zombies. Uh, it's also like really sneaky because uh, there could be a traitor in your group. Um, so uh, you have to watch out if you think someone is not like pulling their share or maybe taking it a little too easy on the zombies. Um, so I just remember like our first experience of having that, like just, you know, like chilling at this bar, like hanging out and like accusing each other of trying to murder the rest of us. So, you know, when you, when you start there, uh, only good <laughs> things happen. <laughs> and I, I really enjoy the, the community aspect that you touched on a little bit of people maybe who probably in a lot of cases haven't played these games before and are getting to both try a new game and perhaps a new drink as well, which is always a win-win all around. I imagine this has happened before where you'll have just strangers coming up and, and kind of joining in the festivities. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting, uh, like... I would say that um, 
there's definitely like three, let's say like four kind of, uh, four kind of people who show up at our events. One, um, is, you know, people who like, uh, are social and like, you know, uh, there for the beer, curious about games. Uh, and we kind of, we kind of get them in and, and hook them in deep. Um, you know, then there's people who are like more seasoned board gamers, but, you know, want another venue to play it. Maybe they want somewhere, um, that's a little more, uh, that's a little more social. Um, you know, uh, one of the like really crazy things, uh, about Chicago that I like am continuously amazed as, as like how deep this like gaming rabbit hole goes. And like, there are meetup groups and like, discord channels and slack channels and facebook groups there's like all these like different sub communities of like people who enjoy playing games um and like uh it's crazy that we're not like more coordinated you know i think that's like kind of kind of one of my goals of of doing this is i've gotten to meet other people who organize these kinds of events um and definitely want to like you know cross-pollinate a little more um so that is the so that's like the second group like the the game people um then there's kind of like you know the hybrid people who are there for a little bit of each that probably like speaks more to like you know the kind of person that i am um and then we also just get like a lot of people who are like new in town or um you know they're just trying to get out more like maybe you know they've uh like started a started a new job or like have like more free time now so they're just getting out to check out things that kind of like i don't know what any of this is but i'm gonna go check it out um <laughs> and it's been really great for that too so excellent excellent and do you typically play games that you have already played before or have you impromptu learned some on the spot during these events too yeah you know like that um man like you you've you've really you really struck a nerve here joey um <laughs> that's what i'm going for i have a person i have a personal goal in uh in 2020 to play as few new games as possible um i'm just becoming a curmudgeon hermit um who is like really tired of like learning new rules I, you know i'm tired of learning new things period i just want to be a luddite um uh <laughs> But my like weird curmudgeonly instincts aside, um, yeah, we do have a lot of like new games, and you know I think that that's one of the things that like I am really uh, hashtag blessed uh, to have uh, a handful of great organizer co-organizers with me uh, at these events to help me teach rules and learn games. Um, there have been nights where my voice has gone sore from teaching new games. Um, I actually, in December, uh, volunteered at um, uh, PAX Unplugged. Uh, it's a Penny Arcade. Do you remember the Penny mm -hmm. Arcade webcomic? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things that like they've gotten into is conventions, and they run like the best gaming conventions in the like on the entire planet, um, and part of that like uh, one of the really amazing things they do is for their for their board gaming events they actually have uh paid volunteers who like teach people new games um so that was like a really great experience for me to go and see how it's kind of done on this like huge level um i mean this past year uh the 
uh, PAX Unplugged event had like 150,000 people uh, over the course of three days. Um, and so like I was responsible for teaching um, this section of five games, um, which ended up being really crazy because like in the weeks leading up to the convention, um, this like particular section that I was assigned, like all the games that were in my section, like I started hearing getting recommended on podcasts, like they were like people's favorite new games. And I just happened to have like all these hot games in my section. So at the end of three days, I was like, I was exhausted. I, I think I'd like, I did the math and like, I think I taught probably close to a thousand people new games. Um, so there's definitely an art to uh, like teaching those games and getting the rules down. Um, and, you know, that's like a big thing that we, uh, that we like pride ourselves in doing is because we want to make this, as inclusive and approachable as possible. Um, so, you know, I give my spiel whenever people show up to an event. Um, hey, like, feel free to jump in a game. Like, chances are the person next to you is happy to teach you the game. And if none of you know the rules, then like, come grab one of us. Um, because yeah, obviously, like, uh, you know, I, I tell people like, no one wants to spend their entire night reading a rule book. I mean, that's like how friendships end, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would very much like to see a friendship just go up in flames over reading a 60-page rule book. Yeah, I mean, like, you're you're putting a lot on the line there. It's kind of like people's reading comprehensions, you know, like, logical skills. I mean, like, there are, like, you know, some complicated rules and edge cases that, like, literally will lead to verbal arguments. And uh, I am against that. I am I am putting my foot down. I am anti-friend destroying rules arguments. <laughs> yes, we need we need more people like that. It seems like I've met a lot of pro uh, <laughs> destroying friendships folks. It's 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 really weird. People, yeah, like uh, you know, more power to them, I guess. But no thanks. I suppose so. So, of the uh, PAX Unplugged games that you taught, did you have a favorite out of the bunch? Um, there were like a lot of, a lot of really interesting ones. Um, I think my personal favorite of the ones, uh, that I ended up teaching, uh, was this game called offshore. Um, it was a game about, uh, drilling for oil. Um, and it was like designed by a Norwegian, uh, person who did like all of this research about oil drilling. Um, and it had this like really fun aspect of it where like uh, you could convince someone to go open up uh, an oil platform, but like one person would be in charge of doing the drilling, which was essentially just like kind of a, a push your luck sort of thing where you reach into a bag and pull out these tiles. Um, and like the more tiles you pull out, that represented how deep you were drilling. Um, so you would get, you know, more oil, obviously, if you did that. Uh, but it was also a greater chance that your drill would just explode. Um, so it was really funny to watch people like go into business with someone who was just like completely like insane and willing to like throw it all away. Nice. That does sound very entertaining. We're, I'm certainly making a list at the end of this conversation, too. Uh, well, I guess I'm yeah. doing the opposite of you and learning more new games in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really like my like my weird uh, predilections aside. Like, I've I love 
learning new games in general. Um, you know, I have been, I have been personally like looking forward to playing stuff like a little more in depth and getting to appreciate uh, some of the nuances, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like listening to music, right? Like you discover a new album and the more you listen to it, the more you kind of like, you know, unearth little details that you, you hear in the background that you didn't, you didn't hear the first time. Um, it can be really the, the same way with games. Cause I think that that is kind of, uh, that's kind of like core at like what drives that enjoyment for games is like, you're kind of like putting this puzzle together and it really unlocks just like some weird primal part of your brain. Um, that's very satisfying. Yeah. I, I like the music analogy. I, uh, recently discovered Rick Bianto, who is a, a, I think like a music producer, uh, but just knows a ton about music and has access to all these master recordings where he can break down individual parts of uh, a song. And oh, yeah. have recently learned things like in All the Small Things by Blink-182, there's a synthesizer in the chorus, uh-huh. which I had never noticed before. Um, and in uh, More Than a Feeling by Boston, during the... Uh, guitar sort of riff before the chorus, like the part, uh, there's also a vocal layered on top of it. And I'd always just thought it was a guitar. And I was like, huh, look at that. Look at that. Just took there, uh, There's so much going on. Is that the guy who, uh, I watched this video, I don't know if it's him or maybe someone who does a similar thing, but he like kind of broke down um, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish and was like, this is why this song is a pop masterpiece. And I'm like, yeah, uh, all right. I haven't I seen that one, but yeah, I think it's probably, he has a series that's called What Makes This Song Great. So uh, it's quite possible. <laughs> okay, I think it's that guy. Approved. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Happy, happy to get the approval. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, my endorsement. Have you found with uh, certain games that after, I don't know, more than two or three beers, they become difficult and or unplayable because of the uh, rising alcohol levels in your body? Um, you know, it's, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's very interesting. One of the like added perks of organizing this, um, you know, at, at these events, I, I tend to watch, you know, how much I'm drinking and, and try to stay cognizant for the, the sake of uh, those around me who, who will be exposed to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes I will get to see people who uh, are maybe less in control uh, try and learn uh, a very complicated game uh, when they're three sheets to the wind. And uh, I try to do some like gentle steering. I'm like, oh, uh, you know, you're about to play a three hour game about economic management. Uh, maybe you want to play, uh, this game where you just yell and point at each other. Cause I think that that's more in your wheelhouse right now. <laughs> um, I, I, and I've had, I've had people like actively like challenge me, like, um, not usually people who show up for the event, but like people who happen to be at the bar when the event is going on. Um, and they like, <laughs> We'll, we'll like, hey, can you teach us this game? And they'll just be like completely housed and like, and they're like, I bet you, I bet you hate teaching us. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're 
You're not. I love being yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) It is like, like part of me is just like really up for the challenge. You know, it's like, can I break this down into something really simple enough that even a person who has the the current cognitive ability of a toddler to, to understand. (laughs) That is, yeah, that is a good challenge. I don't know if I'd have the patience for it. So kudos to you. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as, uh, the amount of people that come to this. Have you ever had a game where everyone was playing the same game at once? Because I was playing, I think it was the game Linky, and noticed on the okay. box uh, that it said it's for two to 30 players. And that is the most I have seen in any kind of board game as far as number of players go. And I was wondering if there's anything, anything more out there uh, for, for even more people than 30. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is, uh, I, I, I want to say that, like, this is definitely, like, sort of a board game fetish, I think, is to, like, see how many people you can cram into it. Wow, I made it sound way worse than it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, the answer to your question is yes. Um, so one of the things that, like, we're trying to do, um, there's uh, there's a, like, local uh, board game charity convention here uh, in Chicago called the Gaming Hoopla. Great event for anyone who's in the Chicago area. Uh, all the proceeds go to supporting uh, the Children's Cancer Center. Um, we want to try to organize an event there uh, for a game called Welcome To. Uh, Welcome To Your Perfect Neighborhood, uh, which I recently found out is one of Daniel Radcliffe's favorite games. So uh, if my endorsement doesn't mean thing to you surely harry potter's must <laughs> um uh but essentially what the game is um it uh, puts you in the position of a blueprint of a uh of an architect uh who's making a blueprint of a 1950s suburb uh which you get by like uh choosing from a series of cards um, and you're trying to fill in these little houses on your street and and optimize the configuration um and it's kind of um it's kind of like a bing- got a bingo element to it in that, like, you know, everyone is uh, gets like three cards that they can choose from, and then they're writing on their own personal player uh, player sheet. Um, and so the box list uh, up to ninety nine people, um, which even of in and of itself, like, is also like kind of an artificial cap because as long as you can get enough people in a room and get like a screen where you can show the cards, uh, you can like just keep adding people to the game. So I kind of want to go for that uh, and uh, and see if we can like break the hundred, the hundred barrier mark. Um, you know, I don't know if that is like a, a world record. I don't know if this is like the, the land speed barrier that we're trying to break, but um, that's definitely my hashtag goals for 2020. I'd say it's about on par uh, with the land speed barrier. I would maybe have a Guinness representative on hand just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually do at like anything I'm doing because you never know. Is it the same one or do you have a, a new person come out every time? Oh, a new person every time. You, you, you can't get too chummy with them. Otherwise, it, it throws your credibility into the tank. So That's fair. That's fair. And I'm sure they I, often don't leave disappointed with no new record broken. <laughs> no, I mean, they're... I feel like that job has got to be like awesome and like interesting, right? Like, because there's like, 
as the uh, the early 2000s Fox uh, Guinness World Records TV show demonstrated, uh, the wide depth of records that they assessed are just fascinating. Um, so, like, you could go from watching the world's fastest rapper to, like, most tarantulas worn on head. <laughs> and variety is the spice of life, right? So that's, It really is. That's my thoughts. I wonder, I wonder what, now we're getting down a Guinness rabbit hole, which is always good, but I wonder how many in a day they do, or if it's like they, you know, they book the whole day for one because they're like, this could take a while. And like, do they get endless opportunities? Like if someone, there's, there's one uh, record, which I believe has been broken since then, but um, a tech reporter that I worked with way back in the day. Uh, shout out Katie Linendahl. She set a record for most high fives in one minute and just had like a bunch of people wow. standing with their hands out. And I was like, do you just get the one opportunity or are you a, you know, she was a second too slow. Would she be able to hydrate a little, have some lemon lime Gatorade, all the electrolytes? Oh, no, it's, M- it, 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 it's M&M lose yourself rules. You get one shot. <laughs> Love, loving the early 2000 references. You know, that's, uh, it, it, it is both a cultural wasteland and um, the environment I was forged in, like, uh, like the cave uh, for the cave that Bane came out of. That's an early 2010s reference, so <laughs> a little off-brand, but I hope uh, everyone is okay with it. I mean, I'll, I'll allow it. And that is all that matters. Because I am the ruler yeah. of early uh, aughts and tens references. It's good to be king. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. So you talked about breaking a Guinness World Record. Uh, yep. What What else is planned also, for 2020 can, and beyond? Can we appreciate? Can we appreciate that we are talking about Guinness and it's not even beer? Heyo. Yes, we can. <laughs> Pour yourself a Guinness. I'm Brand. <laughs> hashtag on brand. This episode's gonna be overrun with hashtags. I approve. LinkedIn is oh, yeah. you're gonna love it. <laughs> Think of the content, Joey. <laughs> love the content. Hashtag marketing. Yes. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I was. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> it was. What other plans are there for 2020 besides breaking Guinness non-beer records? Um. Well, uh, I think uh, from a beer and board games perspective, um, we are just looking at like expanding more, um, how, you know, doing, doing more events across the city, uh, continuing to forge relationships uh, with uh, new breweries and uh, getting, you know, more people into the hobby. Um, you know, uh, board games, I think, are enjoying uh, a a big resurgence. Um, I think, you know, like it's like nerds are kind of having their moment, right? Like, you know, the biggest movies are like comic book and star Wars. Um, you know, it's like, it's like cool to be a nerd. Uh, but I think, uh, like, you know, another early two thousands reference, the uh, original Spider-Man movie with great power comes great responsibility. Um, and I think that, uh, what, 
I want to do here is like as I'm building this community uh, to make it open and inclusive and, you know, bring in people uh, who otherwise like, you know, might not know anything and make it like approachable. Um, you know, I think that that has been kind of a uh, kind of a good uh, like litmus test for us is like, you know, if we are uh, able to get someone who's maybe coming to check out one event and they become a regular, that to me is a huge win. Um, I want to get people like into this new hobby, into into the scene in Chicago, uh, and the more I can do that, then the more winning. Love it. Love it. And speaking of winning, segues pretty nicely into our top three, which let's, Love it. let's pair board games and beer together. And in your personal opinion, which by extension as being the guest of this podcast means the law of the land. What are the three best board game and beer pairings? All right. So um, because you tipped me off to this was coming, um, that's a little behind the scenes insight for for people here. Um, I did have a a chance to think about it. And not only do I want to give you a top three beer and board games pairing, uh, I am going to keep it hyper local here. Uh, and give you Chicago-based beers for each of those pairings. All right. So, uh, number one, we'll start off with, uh, if you're playing uh, the Settlers of Catan, now just known as Catan, uh, uh, the beer of choice is Goose Island 312. It is a wheat beer, one of the critical elements of the game that you need to play. It is played on an island, so Goose Island is totally appropriate. Uh, and it's also very much a flagship beer, much in the same way that Catan is uh, a flagship game, one that a lot of people get into the hobby playing and uh, kind of you know uses a launch pad to go and explore other games. Love beer it. and board game pairing number two. Uh, we have uh, card game Cards Against Humanity, uh, a game for terrible people. Uh, and for uh, those terrible people, they get a terrible beer, uh, which is old style. <laughs> which to anyone in your audience who is not familiar with, old style is the uh, shitty Chicago drink, uh, beer drink of choice. Um, also paired uh, with the uh, Chicago terrible spirit of choice, Malort, uh, for a Chicago handshake. Uh, so gross beer, gross game, uh, it just goes together so, so terribly. Oh, Malort. I found a bar down here that has Malort, and uh, it is just fantastic to introduce other people to it. It's really good. You know what? I actually, I kind of like Malort. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I have like a very uh, high tolerance for bitter beverages. Um, and, uh, there's actually some great bars here in Chicago, uh, that make Malort cocktails, um, including, uh, my, my favorite named one, uh, Post Malort, (laughs) um, which like, you know, it's, it's totally fitting. Uh, Malort is a, is like, it, it really is the Post Malone of beverages, um, like, just like 
weird, like not particularly attractive, but like, you know, kind of lingers with you. So, yeah. Love it, but don't actually love it, but love that you love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, for my third pairing, uh, I'm going to kind of throw you a curveball and make it a, uh, a two for one. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm going to throw in uh, a few, uh, I'm going to throw in a couple of uh, pairings for some heavier strategy games uh, that go along with some heavier beers here um, from some great Chicago microbreweries. So the first, uh, the uh, game of uh 2019 was uh, Wingspan, a game about birds. I'm not making that up. It's a game about birding. Uh, you play a uh, ornithologist who is trying to attract uh, the most diverse and wonderful birds uh, to their uh, aviary. Um, uh, it's a it, it's a great game. It comes with like these really beautiful like egg components that you just want to eat. Please don't eat them. They'll break your teeth. You'll die. Um, uh, and to go with that game, uh, I recommend Off Color Brewery's uh, Jerk Bird. Uh, it's a very heavy Belgian ale uh, that matches you know the thinkiness of this game, uh, and is obviously you know very thematic uh, to that beverage consumption. Um, off Color is a great brewery. I wish uh, they got wider distribution. Um, but if you're a Chicagoan or uh, in Chicago and love beer, uh, I highly recommend them. Uh, their beers all have great labels. Uh, maybe Joey, you can throw those in the in the show notes to show the art there. Um, but really good stuff. Uh, and then my other pairing for you, if you're you're into heavy games, uh, the third. Uh, most popular game on the website board game geek which uh for those who don't know is kind of like the imdb for board games it has all the information that uh you'd ever need to about board gaming um a game about terraforming the red planet uh so i went with a, a heavy red beer from uh pipeworks brewery the blood of the unicorn um also another fantastic label shows just a very aggro uh unicorn causing mayhem um, and yeah, I think that's the energy that you want, uh, with that beer, uh, with that game, uh, about terraforming the planet Mars, uh, and trying to, uh, make it a livable place by throwing asteroids into the face of the planet. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the logic checks out to me. I'm on board. It, it, it's actually, it is really like funny slash interesting so in that game it's very like heavily researched from like a combination of both like science fiction and actual like science fact um so like this idea that like people could uh like steer asteroids into the face of the planet which would cause the heat to rise which is you know like what happened with the dinosaurs right like a giant uh a giant comet hit and like caused basically a like nuclear reaction um that's not accurate science but uh, if you're listening to this podcast for that you have bigger problems <laughs> hey I'm, that's right uh, i'm calling your audience out i'm the number seven uh, highest rated science podcast on apple podcasts so how dare you wow neil degrasse tyson watch out <laughs> 
It's a gross miscategorization, so people are often disappointed, but somehow I stay up there. <laughs> well, you know, like, whatever. It's <laughs> the best reaction to it. I like it. Woo! Yeah. What are, what, what are those nerds going to do about it? Not a damn thing. That's for sure. Exactly. Excellent. So if people want to learn more about beers and board games, Chicago want to potentially attend an event, where can they find you? Yeah. Best place to uh, check us out is on meetup. Uh, you can also just punch in bbgshy.com. Uh, we have events the first and third Thursday of every month, uh, and then usually a weekend event uh, at the end of the month, which rotates at a different brewery. Um, but all that information is on meetup or bbgshy.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, if you're in the Chicago area, uh, just even visiting and any of this sounds interesting to you, love to have you. Uh, love to teach you some games. Love to uh, get you drunk. <laughs> It'll get you drunk. Another early 2000s reference. It all comes full circle. Oh, man. So full circle. That is what we're here for. Well, Eric, you're officially off the hook. Thank you for the wonderful conversation and for all the laughs. If I had been drinking beer during this podcast, I probably would have spilled some of it from laughing. So probably for the best that I was. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that like I, I also was not drinking a beer during this, but um, I'm having an existential crisis now. <laughs> well, that can be the, uh, the sequel follow-up to this episode. We'll have uh, yeah. a beer and a board game all at once. Oh, super down for it. <laughs> I will eat a board game and play a beard. Play a beer. <laughs> Not a beard, but just a beer. Play a beard. <laughs> maybe, maybe we have been drinking all along. That's, that's probably the case. And... Why not, uh, for the, the joke that always ends every episode, I, w- I wanted to stay on theme, so it's a drinking-related one. A bee goes into a bar, two hours later, comes out buzzing. Get after it today, people. Ah! Uh, <laughs> ah! Uh, that's good. I'm glad the bee survived. Mm.